Welcome to Gospel Truth with Andrew Womack, a teaching ministry that focuses on God's unconditional love and grace. In the New Covenant, we have boldness to enter into the Holy of Holies by a new and living way. For so long, I was just always reaching out towards God. Where are you, Lord? But when I heard Andrew's message, it was just like the light bulb went off and I just like knew God is here with us. And now, here's Andrew. Welcome to our Friday's broadcast of the Gospel Truth. Today is the end of my first week of teaching on this subject entitled, Discover the Keys to Staying Full of God. I have a book on this, a study guide, and CDs and DVDs. And I tell you, this has been powerful. This is one of the things that I do constantly. You know, I don't always use these exact words, but I am constantly magnifying, glorifying, remembering what God has done in my life. And because I'm focused on God, I've, I've made this point during this teaching this week, but whatever you focus your attention upon, it magnifies, it grows. Your mind is like a magnifying glass or a pair of binoculars. And whatever you focus on, it just starts growing and growing and growing. We're supposed to focus on God and constantly be focused on Him. And as we do, God just becomes so big that it doesn't matter if it's death, if it's finances, if it's relations, that God is just so big and so awesome that in comparison, it doesn't matter what you're going through. But sad to say, most people focus on their problems, and because of that, their problems become so big that they become bigger than God. And this week, I've been using this example of like a seesaw, that if God is being magnified over here, then everything else has to be down here. You can't have them both up at the same time. But when we start magnifying our problems and focused on our problems and they start getting bigger, then it diminishes God. And this is why that when God does something in our life, shows us His love, speaks to us, and we're encouraged and we're operating in faith, it doesn't seem to last because we live in a fallen world and there's always going to be some problem. If you don't have a problem right now, hang on. You will soon because we live in a fallen world. If you never bump into the devil, it's because you're both headed in the same direction. There are going to be afflictions and persecutions. They come against you trying to get your attention off of God and off of His Word. And if you get to where you start focusing on your problems, as you magnify your problems, then your value, your worth, your magnification of God decreases. And this is what happens. And this is the first step in losing what God has done in your life. And this is what I've been teaching all week from Romans 1, 21. It says, because that when they knew God, they glorified Him not as God. That's what I've been focusing on. To glorify God means to value, to prize, to magnify God. Neither were thankful, but became vain in their imaginations and their foolish heart was darkened. Those are the first four things that happens when a person begins to start losing the joy, the peace, the love, the benefit of what God has done in their life. And then the rest of Romans chapter 1 just goes on and talks about progressive steps, how that you get into your own wisdom instead of God's wisdom, how it describes homosexuality right here as being one of the last steps away from God before a person becomes reprobate. 
You know, I've actually had some people say, well, homosexuality isn't even mentioned in the Bible. Well, the word homosexual wasn't even in use until I think the early 1900s. It's a relatively new term. So the word homosexual isn't here, but man, homosexuality is spoken about many different times. It's an abomination to God. And Romans chapter 1 talks about men burning in their passion towards men and, and leaving the natural use of the woman. And it talks about women doing the same thing. It's talking about homosexuality. And it is one of the last steps in hardening your heart against God before you become reprobate. The word reprobate is describing where you just no longer have any knowledge of God, no conviction of God, because you did not like... Here's the way it says it in verse 28. And even as they did not like to retain God in their knowledge, God gave them over to a reprobate mind to do those things which are not convenient. A reprobate mind is just talking about a mind that is void of any consciousness of God. God is not speaking to you. God is not drawing you. Jesus said, you can't approach God unless God is drawing you to Himself. So when you become reprobate and God just leaves you to yourself and He no longer is drawing you, then that means that there is no hope of salvation. You won't come to God on your own without the influence of the Holy Spirit upon your life. So this is a terrible state and it all begins with not placing the proper value on God. You aren't glorifying God the way you should. And as I've said during this week, this is basically every person that you see that succeeds in the Bible, they did exactly what I've been talking about this week. They glorified God. They esteemed the reproaches of Christ to be greater riches than the treasures in Egypt. That's what it said about Moses in Hebrews chapter 11, verse 26. This is what Jesus did when He entered the cross. He despised the shame. That word despise means to disesteem, the exact opposite of what we were talking about. Instead of glorifying the problems and the suffering, if he would have done that, well then his glory and his worth and magnification of God would have decreased. But no, he disesteemed the cross. He despised the shame and he glorified the end results of what his death and resurrection would produce. He looked at us and thought we were worth all of the suffering. So this same principle, it operates in Jesus, it operated in Moses. When the children of Israel went to spy out the promised land, this is recorded in Numbers chapter 13. They came back and they gave a good report about the land. They said it's a beautiful land. And they actually had one cluster of grapes that was so huge that they had to put it on a pole and carry it between two men. Now, we don't even relate to that. Things aren't like that today. I believe in evolution, but not evolution from slime to where we became this complex person and stuff without God. I believe that God created everything perfect, and because of sin, everything has been evolving down. At one time, the land of Israel was so abundant that their grapes, they must have been like apples, and a cluster of grapes was just huge. It's not that way today, but it was a beautiful land and they brought back samples of all of this and they talked about how abundant the land was. But look at the negative report that these men brought up. In verse 31, it says, But the man that went up with him said, We be not able to go up against the people, for they are stronger than we. 
And they brought up an evil report on the land which they had searched unto the children of Israel, saying, The land through which we have gone to search it is a land that eateth up the inhabitants thereof. And all the people that we saw in it were of a great stature. And there we saw the giants, the sons of Anak, which come of the giants, and we were in our own sight as grasshoppers, and so were we in their sight. Did you know that this is exactly what we're talking about? There were 12 spies that went to check out the promised land. Two of them, Joshua and Caleb, they came back and they glorified God and they said, it's a beautiful land. It's an awesome land. And when they saw the giants, instead of thinking about, oh, these giants are bigger and stronger than we are, instead they said, it, man, they, they have huge houses. We are going to inherit their houses. They've already cleared the fields. They've already done this heavy work. They've already moved all of the rocks and the stones. They saw all of the benefits. There were 10 other people who saw all of the negatives associated with it. They saw the exact same thing, but Joshua and Caleb magnified God, and because of it, the giants are no problem. We're able to, well able to go conquer them. The other 10, they saw the exact same thing, but they magnified the problem, and by doing so, they diminished God and said, no, we aren't able to go and conquer these people. And of course, you know the end result of this was that because of this and that their unbelief, and them not glorifying God and not valuing what God had said about them, because of that, God uh, abandoned the people to 40 years wandering in the wilderness. And all of these people who came out of the land of Egypt, God didn't intend for them to die in the wilderness. He wanted them to enter into this abundant land, but because of their disbelief and rebellion at God, they all died in the wilderness, and it was their children that entered into the promised land. You know why that was? Because they didn't glorify God. They glorified the giants. They talked about how big the giants were. And you know, they totally missed it. You know, let me turn over and read another passage to you. This is out of Joshua chapter 2. And after Moses had died, Joshua took over. He sent two spies. I think this is significant. That you know, Joshua was part of those 12 spies that went in and sought out the promised land, spied out the promised land. Ten came back with a negative report. Only two had a positive report. When Joshua sent the spies in to check out the land, he only sent two. He eliminated the ten unbelievers. I think that that's significant. Joshua was more discreet. He had an experience that Moses didn't have, and because of it, he didn't send the ten spies that were going to be full of unbelief. He sent some faithful men who would evaluate things from a positive standpoint. And anyway, they went in, and they stayed in Rahab's house, and she hid them, and they escaped. And look at what it says. Rahab said this unto the man in verse 9. This is Joshua chapter 2, verse 9. And she said unto the man, I know that the Lord hath given you the land, and that your terror is fallen upon us, and that all of the inhabitants of the land faint because of you. For we have heard how the Lord dried up the water of the Red Sea for you when you came out of Egypt, and what 
YE DID UNTO THE TWO KINGS OF THE AMORITES THAT WERE ON THE OTHER SIDE JORDAN, SIHON AND OG, WHOM YE UTTERLY DESTROYED. AND AS SOON AS WE HAD HEARD THESE THINGS, OUR HEART DID MELT, NEITHER DID THERE REMAIN ANY MORE COURAGE IN ANY MAN BECAUSE OF YOU. FOR THE LORD YOUR GOD, HE IS GOD IN HEAVEN ABOVE AND IN EARTH BENEATH. AND SO HERE SHE IS SAYING THAT AS SOON AS WE HEARD THAT THE RED SEA HAD BEEN DRIED UP AND THAT YOU DEFEATED THESE OTHER TWO KINGS OF THE AMORITES WHEN WE HEARD THIS. AND IF YOU PUT IT IN CONTEXT, IT WAS 40 YEARS AGO THAT WHEN THESE SPIES WERE SENT INTO THE LAND, THEY ONLY LOOKED AT THE NATURAL THINGS AND THEY MAGNIFIED AND EXALTED ALL OF THE REASONS WHY IT WOULDN'T WORK INSTEAD OF MAGNIFYING GOD. BUT IF THEY HAD KNOWN THE TRUTH, RAHAB IS TELLING THEM, THAT FROM THE MOMENT WE HEARD IT 40 YEARS AGO, EVERY MAN'S HEART MELTED. THERE WAS NO STRENGTH LEFT WITHIN US. WE KNOW THAT YOUR GOD IS THE TRUE GOD AND THAT WE ARE DOOMED AND THAT THERE WAS NO RESISTANCE. EVEN THOUGH THERE WERE GIANTS THERE, THEIR HEART HAD ALREADY MELTED ON THE INSIDE OF THEM. IF THE CHILDREN OF ISRAEL WOULD HAVE MAGNIFIED AND GLORIFIED GOD AND DISESTEEMED THE PROBLEMS THAT THEY SAW, IT WOULD HAVE BEEN A CAKEWALK. THEY COULD HAVE ENTERED INTO THE PROMISED LAND. IT WAS UNJUSTIFIED. NOW, SOME PEOPLE WILL SAY, OH, WELL, IT WAS JUSTIFIED. LOOK AT THE GIANTS. LOOK AT THE WALLED CITIES. WELL, LOOK AT THIS WALLED CITY OF JERICHO. WHAT HAPPENED? YOU KNOW, I'VE READ SOME ARCHEOLOGICAL THINGS, AND THEY SAY, EXCAVATIONS SHOW THAT THE WALLS OF JERICHO WERE WIDE ENOUGH THAT, FOR ONE THING, RAHAB HAD HER HOUSE ON THE WALL OF THE CITY SO IT WASN'T JUST A SMALL WALL. THIS WAS A WALL BIG ENOUGH TO HAVE HOUSES ON IT. AND I'VE READ ARCHEOLOGICAL THINGS THAT THEY SAID THAT THE WALLS WERE THICK ENOUGH THAT YOU COULD HAVE A BASEBALL FIELD ON THE WALLS OF THIS CITY. IT WAS IMPREGNABLE IN THE NATURAL WITHOUT, YOU KNOW, THE ABILITY THAT WE HAVE TODAY TO FLY OVER SOMETHING OR TO SHOOT THINGS OVER OR TO EXPLODE THINGS, ALL OF THE THINGS THAT WE'VE GOT. IN THAT DAY AND TIME, THIS WAS AN IMPREGNABLE CITY BUT JOSHUA DIDN'T HAVE ANY PROBLEMS WITH IT. THE LORD, THEY WATCHED AROUND IT. THEY SHOUTED. THE WALLS FELL DOWN FLAT, WHICH IT'S NOT CLEAR, BUT THAT LOOKS TO ME LIKE THAT INSTEAD OF THESE HUGE WALLS THAT WERE BIG ENOUGH FOR A, a BASEBALL FIELD TO BE ON TOP OF THE WALLS, INSTEAD OF THEM JUST CRUMBLING, I BELIEVE THAT THEY JUST SUNK INTO THE GROUND. AND IT SAYS, AND EVERY MAN WENT UP STRAIGHT BEFORE HIM. THEY DIDN'T HAVE TO CLIMB OVER ALL OF THIS RUBBLE. THE WALLS JUST SANK DOWN. IT WAS NOTHING. IT DOESN'T MATTER IF YOU HAVE FENCE CITIES. IT DOESN'T MATTER IF YOU HAVE GIANTS. IT DOESN'T MATTER IF IN THE NATURAL YOU WILL NEVER BE ABLE TO PAY FOR THESE THINGS WITH YOUR JOB. IT DOESN'T MATTER IN THE NATURAL IF IT LOOKS LIKE YOUR MARRIAGE COULD EVER COME BACK. IT DOESN'T LOOK LIKE IN THE NATURAL THAT, YOU KNOW, YOU COULD BE HEALED OF THIS. IT'S AN INCURABLE DISEASE. BUT IF YOU WOULD MAGNIFY GOD AND PLACE THE PROPER VALUE ON HIM, THEN EVERYTHING ELSE IS JUST NOTHING. IN COMPARISON. YOU KNOW, I'VE GIVEN THIS EXAMPLE BEFORE, BUT I HAD A WOMAN COME TO ME WHO HAD A CANCER AND THE DOCTOR SAID SHE WAS GOING TO DIE AND SHE WAS CRYING AND, and SHE TAPPED ME ON THE SHOULDER AND SHE SAID, ANDREW, DID YOU HEAR ABOUT THE CANCER AND THAT I'm, I'M SUPPOSED TO BE DEAD IN JUST A SHORT PERIOD OF TIME? AND THIS WAS A YOUNG GIRL IN HER 20s. AND I JUST LAUGHED. AND I SAID, CANCER IS NO PROBLEM WITH GOD. AND IT JUST SHOCKED HER. It, SHE JUST STOPPED CRYING AND LOOKED AT ME AND SHE SAYS, WHAT ARE YOU SAYING? I SAID, CANCER'S NOT A BIG DEAL WITH GOD. I TOLD SOMEBODY THIS YESTERDAY. THEY CAME AND THEY WERE COMING TO OUR HEALING SCHOOL YESTERDAY AND THEY SAID, WE'VE BEEN GIVEN A DIAGNOSIS OF STAGE 4 CANCER AND uh, IT LOOKS LIKE THAT THERE'S NO HOPE. AND I SAID, CANCER IS NO BIG DEAL. 
You know what I'm doing? I'm magnifying God and disesteeming everything else. And I know that there's people watching this program that are saying, well, you're just living in uh, deception. You're just deceived. It, cancer is a big deal. Well, it's a big deal if you look at it without God. But it says in Philippians chapter 2 that He has been given a name which is above every name, that at the name of Jesus every knee should bow. Cancer's got a name, and Jesus is above that name. And cancer has to bow its foot at the name of Jesus if you magnify God and believe it. But if you magnify cancer and say, oh, cancer is incurable, it's not. I know hundreds of people that have been healed of cancer. We've got testimonies on our website of people healed of cancer. Am I saying that cancer isn't real? No, I'm not denying that cancer exists. But I am denying that cancer is bigger than God. I am saying that God is bigger than anything. Cancer, uh, it doesn't matter what it is, paralysis, anything is nothing compared to God. If you would begin to magnify God, and as you magnify God, everything else in relationship just gets diminished. But if you magnify cancer, well, then that makes God little. You need to start magnifying God. These spies, they saw the goodness of the land, but they magnified their problems. They talked about the giants. You know, a friend of mine, he used to always say this, that, man, if David would have gone out and killed a dwarf, nobody would be singing his praises. They would have come against him and said, this is unfair. You shouldn't have been fighting him. The fact that he went out and fought a giant... Man, the bigger they are, the harder they fall. The bigger they are, the greater the victory. And because of it, here we are thousands of years later talking about David killing a giant. But see, you need to look at it. David shrunk this problem down. It's the exact same principle. David did exactly what I was talking about, where you have to glorify God. And he went out to see his brothers and they were fighting a battle against the Philistines, all of the men of the army, they were magnifying Goliath and talking about how big Goliath was. And because of that, their value on God was, was low. But when David heard the challenge of Goliath, he magnified God. And he said, who is this uncircumcised Philistine? You know what that's talking about? That's talking about he didn't have a covenant. He didn't have the same power and the ability that David had. David had a covenant with God. David had been anointed to be the king of Israel. The anointing of God was on him. And it was an unfair fight. Goliath never stood a chance. I don't care how tall he was. I don't care how much armor he had. I don't care how big his sword was. He was an uncircumcised Philistine. He was a Philistine that did not have God on his side. And because of that, David knew that man, he was glorifying God. And because of it, he knew that Goliath was nothing. And you can read over in 1 Samuel chapter 17, it says David got these five smooth stones and he ran towards Goliath. He didn't approach him cautiously. He wasn't just dragging himself out there saying, I can't believe I said I'd go fight Goliath. Man, he knew. He had magnified God to the point that this other stuff is nothing. You know, I may not have fought Goliath, but I have fought things that are bigger than me. You know, it's just in 2012 is when we started construction on our buildings here in uh, Woodland Park, Colorado, and we started building our Karis Bible College campus. And we broke ground, I think it was the 21st of September of 2012. And by 
the September of 2018. Six years later, we had built over $75 million worth of buildings debt-free. Now, I have added a parking garage to that that I do have some indebtedness on, but I'm getting that paid off just as quickly as possible. But my point is, in six years, I built over $75 million worth of buildings debt-free, and that's above my normal expenses. I have to have around four to five million dollars a month just to pay my salaries and to pay our our one point, uh, I think it's 1.3 or 1.4 million dollars per month television bill. We have a radio bill. We have all of our expenses, all of this stuff. And we did this. That was bigger than me. That's like a giant. I may not have fought a Goliath, but I have done things. And I can guarantee you that the way I was able to do that was because I had a word from God and I glorified God. And I said, all things are possible to him that believes. And I disesteemed all of the money that I didn't have. When we bought this property and started the process, I didn't have anything. And yet, in six short years, we were able to build over $75 million worth of buildings that are just awesome. And I'm telling you this, not to glorify me, but to say that the same thing that I was talking about the spies, the same thing I was talking about David fighting Goliath, this same thing works today. It'll work for you if you will begin to magnify God and glorify Him. Make Him bigger than your problem. And I know some of you right now, you just can't see that. That's because you are so focused on your problem. As I continue through this series, I'm going to talk about the other things that will help you to understand and to accomplish this. But what I've taught this week is absolutely true, that if you will glorify God, it will keep what God has done in your life from ever diminishing. It will keep it fresh. It will keep it alive. And it will actually grow and increase instead of diminish. You need to glorify God. You need to magnify God. You need to put worth and value on Him more than what the doctor says, more than what the lawyer says, more than what your mate says, more than what your boss says. You need to glorify God. What has God said? Well, there's millions of promises in here, but one of them is in Psalms chapter 118. It says, I will not die, but live and declare the works of the Lord. That's what God said. Why don't you value that? Why don't you take that over what the word of the doctor says? Why don't you take the scripture that says, my God shall supply all of your need according to his riches in glory by Christ Jesus. Why don't you take that more than what the banker says, more than what your, your checking account says? Why don't we magnify God? This is really simple. It's not necessarily easy. The hardest thing you're ever going to do is grab control of your emotions and your thought life when the whole world is negative and just magnifying. They're listening to the 10 Spies Network. That's what the, all of our news broadcasts are. It's the 10 Spies Network. You're going to have to unplug from that and stick your nose in the Bible and start magnifying God. But if you'll do that... I guarantee you, it will transform your life. When they told us, you know, he had cancer and that he had 30% chance, that felt like a death sentence. He had cancer also in every bone in his body, uh, except his hands and his feet. Of course, you have many people then coming and calling you, writing to you. We have people saying to us, well, God needs another little angel in heaven. Or, you know, God is trying to teach you 
something through this. The post is coming in every day. And in the midst of all of that, there was a letter with CDs. And there were four CDs in it. It handwritten on the, on the CD cover, God wants you well. And as we listened to this message, something resonated in the message he was speaking. Once I started listening to that and became convinced that God wants you well, because that was my question the whole time. And we just got our hands on as many books as we could read. I think I listened to every message by Andrew Womack. It just ministered to us so much. We were listening on the website, on the MP3 player. And so we never did this before, but we just got Andrew. We put our hands in him because the Bible says, you will lay hands on the sick and they will recover. And we said, Bones, we've got good news for you. By his stripes, you were healed. We didn't see anything happen with Andrew, he was just playing. He got, of course, tested, and we got a phone call from the consultant, very excited. She said, I don't know how to tell you this, but every one of Andrew's bones are completely clean of cancer. Isn't that awesome? A little boy is alive and well today, and a family is rejoicing because of the truth of God's Word coming to the Mullins family. You know, that couldn't have happened without our partners enabling us to make all of those materials available. There's a lot of things that you can do with your money, but I think the greatest use of money is to touch other people with the truth of God's love. So I'd like to ask you to pray about being a partner. I'd like to remind you once again to please get these materials. I've got this book and I've got a study guide, which is the same material. It's just reformatted so that you can disciple other people. And then we have CDs and DVDs. And this teaching on staying full of God is powerful. We offer this and have a suggested donation, but if you don't have the money, go ahead and request it. Send what you can and my partners will enable me to go ahead and make this material available to you. Andrew's complete series titled Discover the Keys to Staying Full of God is available in either a CD album or in a DVD album made from our daily television broadcast. This teaching is also available in book form, or you can get it in a companion study guide which will deepen your personal understanding and is perfect for Bible studies, home groups, and Sunday schools. Each of these valuable resources is available for a gift of any amount. Or if you prefer, these products are available as part of the Discover the Keys package. This package includes the book, the companion study guide, and your choice of either the CD or DVD album. This package has a catalog value of $80, but you can receive all of these valuable resources today for a gift of $55. Go to awmi.net to see all the ways you can get this teaching. The individual topic highlighted on today's broadcast is available as an audio CD for a gift of any amount when you write or call. We encourage everyone to give because there's a blessing in giving. But if you're simply unable to afford it, Andrew and his partners will provide today's teaching free of charge. This is the last day we'll be offering this teaching, so be sure to respond today. You can become a Grace Partner or order resources through our website at awmi.net. While there, you can discover more product details and download additional free resources. 
or call our helpline Monday through Friday from 4.30 a.m. to 9.30 p.m. Mountain Time at 719-635-1111. Hello, this is Andrew Womack, and I'm here with my lovely wife, Jamie, and we are going to tell you about our July the 4th musical that is going to yes. be spectacular this year. It's a part of our Summer Family Bible Conference, and Jamie is one of the... Performers in it. Right now we sing in it. We sing traditional American songs and then we're going to have some new songs and it is called In God We Trust. It's an hour and a half of a lot of American history. It'd be great for your teenagers to hear, your mm -hmm. children to hear. Very important this day and time. And it's it's got the most American history crammed into this of anything I have ever seen. So make plans to join us July the 4th for our In God We Trust musical. 